everybody. Welcome to the next cast. I'm your host, Matt. I'm Steve. And I'm Tyler. Hey, we got it right that time. It's good. Welcome to the Linux Cast, everybody. We have some wonderful things planned for this episode. As usual, we talk about Linuxy things, uh, all things Linux. It's going to be wonderful. We have so much fun, and we definitely do not go on tangents ever. Never, never, never go on tangents. Never happened. Uh, and anybody who says it's happened is obviously lying to you. Fake news. Yes. Uh, anyways, we record this live every Saturday around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We're about a half an hour late today because of reasons. Um, and those reasons were Matt didn't want to get things ready to go on time. Also, I was waiting for Josh to, to message me back to confirm that he's not here. He's not here, obviously. But that's okay. That's because I was going to steal his news links because for whatever reason he's not here. But he did put news links in, so I was confused. Um, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. We'll talk about his news links anyways. We'll probably just not talk about my news links, or at least both of them. I don't know how we'll do it. We're going to wing it, as we usually do. Anyways, so, uh, hello, gents. How you doing? Let's go ahead and talk about what we've done this week in open source. Steve, you go first. Thank you, sir. Um, what have I been up to? <clears throat> well, I have been uh, studying once uh, on how to write bash scripts without duplicating and triplicating and quadruplicating commands. Uh, and I was working, I released uh, the uh, a new ISOs for the spins. Was the blue I was supposed to release them in August, but I was like, uh, so many things have changed, small things changed. Uh, I cannot wait till August. So, uh, basically, the XFCE now, XFCE and GNOME Edition now use Albert, which is amazing. It's a, it's the direct competitor to KRunner, which KDE has. Uh, so I decided to include it in both KDE, uh, I mean, GNOME and XFCE. So they have something useful, uh, and uh, well, and I. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, yeah, I made a video explaining to the people um, to uh, what what the ideology of zero Linux is and setting the point straight. If you want to watch it, you can jump onto my channel. Uh, and I'm working on and starting next year. Uh, I need to start early because I'm not used to it. Uh, I'm going to be uh, making more videos ne starting next year, and it's going to be very, going to be very uh, mat-like videos. So sorry, I don't have anything. Else. I cannot come up with anything better than that. Whenever I see something that I'm interested in, I'm going to make a video about it. Emulation like is mad. the best form of flattery. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah, no. humble, sir. And uh, that's it. And I was uh, testing uh, Amberall and uh, other things, uh, and I was playing Diablo. Of course. of course, everyone's playing Diablo right now. Yeah, on the Steam Deck. Well, I'll say all the cool kids are. I'm not. I'm so. not either. So Steam apparently, Deck. I'm not cool. <laughs> on the Steam yeah. Deck, and it plays great on the Steam Deck. They have released so many updates uh, since initial launch. Maybe like three or four updates since, uh, and it's way better on the steam deck now i'm getting a 40 stable fps not a single fps below 40 i'm talking about medium setting before we, i was getting very fluctuating kind of frame rate uh, at low setting 
Now at medium, I'm getting stable 40, but I'm getting also exactly 40 minutes of gameplay. Oh, that, that is low. That is low. That I is, was. You, you want higher frame rate? You better give give up your battery life. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I I continue to play Skyrim on the on the Steam Deck. It's yeah. Surprisingly and one last good. thing. Yeah. And one last thing. A friend of mine who knows a couple of indie developer, indie game developers. That's straight from uh, straight from the, the source. Income quadrupled since the Steam Deck came out. For indie games Ooh. in general, most of them, a lot of them, have quadrupled their income because of the Steam Deck. That does make sense. That's that's awesome here. Because indie games flourish on the Steam Deck. You get yeah. 60 FPS easy. <laughs> Josh. An hour oh. and a half to two hours <laughs> of gameplay. <laughs> Josh doesn't show up to the podcast and then trolls us in the comments. I'm just... <laughs> Yep, yep, I saw that. That's Josh. There's no podcast anywhere without Josh. All right. I uh, wish I was using my Steam Deck. Um, uh, Oh, what were you about to say for me to go on and say what I've been doing in my week? Yeah, but go ahead. Okay. Well, perfect. Because so one thing I have not been using my Steam Deck lately because uh, just before this past week I uh, tried to install Gentoo on it and um, it does work. But it's um, yeah, I, I need to I needed to set my desktop up so I could do um, um, like disk CC and help out the you know Steam Deck Steam Deck's little CPU with some compiling. I mean, it's a good CPU, but it compared to my desktop, it takes a long time to compile shit. So, um, but there is a reason I'm doing it. Um, I've set up. Uh, if you'll make the screen big, I'll show off. Um, I mean, I know it'll be really re- low resolution, so people can't really see much. But um, I tried out a whole bunch of Linux distros, and um, for a short time, just because I had to do some work, I, I went back to Windows because um, I tried out a lot of different Linux distros. I did not try out Zero Linux, which I probably should have, but I did have a flash drive with like Endeavor OS that like I had laying around for for like forever, so I used that. But um, I've been checking or I've been setting up all of my stuff for um, like screen sharing and such. Um, So I've got like OBS working with V4L2 loopback and I've been setting up my Hyperland config. So I've got a really nice um, like uh, just configuration with everything. Everything is working beautifully on Wayland. It's just overall a very, very nice system. Um, so I, I do very much enjoy, um, gen two, and that's what I've been on for pretty much the past week. But one of the things that I have been doing, this might upset some people, but I'm going to move my webcam to show off my like little mini desktop. I've been working on this monstrosity of a thing down here. And, um, it's, it's uh, tiny. It's not a yeah. monstrosity of a desk though. No, no, no. I mean, it's not like big, but if you see all the wires in there, that's all like I've, I've had to like jerry rig and like unpin fan headers and I had to get like an extender uh, so I could, cause okay. I've only got two fan slots. So i so done a whole bunch of work on that. Story time, guys. That is not even close enough to the, to the most jank computer he's ever had. At one point during the podcast, he had one in a cardboard box. I shit you not, it was in a cardboard box, and he was using it. 
It also probably set his house on fire. I'm just assuming. I totally forgot about that, and you are right. I did do that once. Also, at one point, his computer had a... I don't remember the reason why. I think he had a fan on it that was so big that you couldn't fit the side frame on it. So it just made this horrendous noise in the background because there was no sound dampening. Uh, so... You know, so you know, someone has known you for a while when you start having stories about them and their computer setup. Yeah, it was. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. All right, so me, uh, I have had I, somewhere along the lines, I upset the Linux gods, mostly by being an idiot. Um, so Qtile is notorious for failing to work when Python is updated. It's notorious for being that way. When it, there's an update, it breaks. Um, and it happens a lot. Um, and it's just the way it always has been. But the thing is, is that it had been working so well for me that I forgot that. So when it did eventually fail, I blamed the distribution and not the, the window manager, which is what I should have done. So I hopped from OpenSUSE Tumbleweed, went to Fedora. Fedora was having problems with my USB devices. They were completely failing. I don't know what the hell was going on there. And I, I just was not interested in solving the problem. So I hopped back to OpenSUSE Tumbleweed thinking that I was going to have the exact same experience that I had previously because it was, it was really really good oops i did forget to change the scene sorry about that areas <laughs> uh, who said i was pro i was pro professional you guys just stare at tyler's lovely face for the rest of the, the podcast it's fine um anyways the the fedora thing didn't work i went back to tumbleweed thought i was going to have the same experience i did not have the same experience i was having some problem with uh x authority something or the other i spent two days trying to fix that with people in the the open suza forums failed ended up just hopping last night to open suza leap that's where i'm at right now and um yeah uh so far it seems to be doing perfectly fine i have had some interesting discord issues just now and uh pycom's not working as well as it should because it's an old version of pycom so what can I say? Also, it's using an old version of i3 uh, before the merge. So, yeah, uh, it's a it's an interesting thing. <laughs> Wait, hold on. How do you have an old package of PyCom? Like, are you building straight from source? No, no. And like, you just kept it around. Leap is a static distribution. It uses it similar oh, similar okay. to uh, Debian, so it has older packages. Um, I'm using it's an mm. older version of Firefox as well. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> not the ESR version, right? I don't actually know if this is ESR, to be honest with you. I'm gonna, I, I will look right now. Uh, yeah, it's the ESR version. Yep. Um, that explains more than I thought about because it Pywall Fox isn't working. That's the reason why, because the ESR version is actually really <laughs> freaking old. Um, wow. Yeah. So I'm on Leap right now. Whether or not I stick with Leap, I don't know, because I, I have. I, I'm gonna look into seeing how to, I can go about getting some. Uh, fresher packages on some of some things because I'd prefer to have some fresher packages. So like on Debian, there's an easy way to get fresher packages, right? You can go to backports or you can install, you know, you can go to testing or whatever. I'm I don't know anything about Leap, so I don't know if there is um, uh, a way to get newer packages on Leap. So I'll have to investigate that. If not, we'll see if I stick around here or not. As of right now, I'm happy. I want I want to find a distribution where I can just be happy and 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 uh, stick around because I'm ready to settle down. 
um, with a with a distro. Um, Tyler, it might be Gen two, so be prepared to uh, well, hop in a call and look, help me out. No, 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 I'll, no, 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 I'll, no, no, I'll no, definitely no, no. You help said you, you out. You want to settle down. You said you want to settle down on Gen two. No one settles down on Gen two. Uh, I'm well. I got to be honest, brother. Like, I've said it plenty of times. We'll see in a week. You'll, we'll see you in will a week. see. I was I was running Gen two for a long time before this. I don't. So. I I don't like to be. I, I, Steve and I don't agree on many things, but I I will agree with him on this. Let's see in a week. <laughs> well, just so you guys know how like serious I am about not moving. Uh, normally, I don't ever set up like virtual environments because I switch so often. So there's like if I want to make a video on something new, doesn't really matter. Which granted that hasn't been a problem recently because I haven't posted in God knows how long. But anyway, uh-huh. um, like I I actually have Vert Manager set up. Like I do have a couple distros set up. Like I'm I'm really not this is actually extremely polished, very well, Matt, stable. Matt did the same thing and it, and he away because he got bored. Well, well, the yes. really the only reason that I can't go like I've kind of locked myself into Gentoo now. Uh, Portage has a lot of packages, like an insane amount of packages available, and most of the times, if you can't find the package there, they have like overlays, which are essentially, I mean, they might as well be the AUR of Gentoo, and they're super simple to use, like ridiculously simple to use, and Almost all of them are. I I just trust the packages on Gentoo more because you can actually read ebuilds, very simple, and they just okay. pull from. Uh, you know so. what? I will agree with you on this one. Because the other day I was so bored, I looked at the numbers on the AUR. Mm-hmm. They have a hundred and six thousand members or maintainers on the AUR. You know how many of them are trusted? <laughs> you just. It's like 63 out of 109,000. I overestimated. <laughs> 63 of them are trusted. I'm wow, like, all right. Thank you. That, that made me rethink the AUR all over again. <laughs> like, awesome. Okay, if only 63 are trusted, why am I, what am I doing on the AUR? Why am I building packages from the AUR? <laughs> oh... Okay, so just just something on you said something that you said, Steve. You're right. I did get bored, but I didn't get bored with the distribution. I was just bored, in general. I had nothing to do at the point, and I decided that it was going to be I didn't fun. I say to do you were something. bored with the with the distribution. I know. You were I was just, just I was just elaborating, not correcting. There, you know. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, I am I ready get, to I settle down. Bored. And and uh, Gentoo does does feel appealing to me right now, <laughs> but I don't I, know I would, if I'd I stick say, on it. I, I will say one thing: I really get bored. Because of how good my system, how stable my system is on KDE X11. Nobody likes bragging, uh, bro. I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. About, I'm not bragging. I'm just get bored. But instead of yanking the operating system off my main system, I just open a VM, install a new thing on a, in a VM, and I play around in a VM without messing with my main system. I do that too, but I still like to hop every once in a while. All right. Anyways, let's go ahead and I'm using jump. Debian. I'm using Debian. I'm discovering, rediscovering Debian now. I I loved it so much. In my video, I tell the users, if I recommend if there's a, a distro for beginner users, it's Debian with GNOME. 
I do I do back that decision. You lost Especially with the new bookworm update. You lost me with the gnome part. Alright. Anyway guys <laughs> let let's move on to the news. So as is usual, we have all selected two news items for you this week. It's going to be wonderful. We also have Josh's news items, which are the news items that we're actually gonna be talking about because who puts news items in and then doesn't show up to put a window in? I'm just <laughs> of all the reasons that's not what I expected. But that's okay. Um uh, we're gonna. So I'm stealing Josh's um, links. We'll we'll just bypass one of mine and we'll kind of integrate the other one into his. So because it's interesting, right? It's interesting. I mean, we're we're gonna actually lead off with the big news. Normally I save the big one till last, but this week we're gonna talk about Red Hat first because I know that's what a lot of people are here to talk about. So um, uh, a few years ago, Red Hat was purchased for like what three billion dollars or some crazy number like that uh maybe more i don't know by ibm big blue uh ibm is a century-old company that uh, used to rule the world and has had many financial issues over the course of the last you know 20 years or so because microsoft and apple or whatever kind of took over the world and qualcomm and and all the others uh, now it doesn't mean that ibm hasn't been profitable they have definitely been profitable but they have not been you know like the kings of the world and they thought that buying red cat hat would you know solve their problems and um it did not so that now they're uh, deciding to ruin everything that red hat stand stood for uh, in the world so a few a couple years ago they changed the way centos works uh, it used to be in a different position it used to be a a more like ro rolling release type Somewhere along the lines of the of Fedora, but in a different position of Fedora. Now it's it's in between Fedora and and Rel, um, and a lot of people didn't like that. Um, and they also put a whole bunch more stuff behind the paywall uh, of Red Hat Enterprise Linux. That was a couple of years ago. Now they've taken the source code of Rel, which used to be uh, published uh, publicly, and put that too behind the paywall. So if you wanted the source code of rel you'd want you'd have to go to all, all the sources of rel you'd have to go and pay red hat in order to do that or you'd be able to use one of the free developer accounts which they ha still have now whether or not they'll always have the free developer accounts who knows because obviously uh red hat can no longer be trusted to be to deal in good faith with the community um, i do need to go ahead and and stop you because a lot of like people don't understand this change because it is a little complex, but um, this is nothing like really to be wiling out about because one, it's not behind a paywall unless you're a company, which if you know anything about rail, it is a rock solid stable and extremely development intensive project. So for companies that are going to be using it, uh, them requiring them to pay them to to fund how much development is done on RHEL, um, I think is completely fair and totally ethical. Um, also, for personal use, most people don't know this, but if you want to go get a personal use license from RHEL, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. You can go do it. It's totally fine. Um, I have one. Uh, it's very simple to go do. And all they've done now is the source code for RHEL. You have to have an account to get to it, which is not wild because they probably don't want 
like anyone trying to contribute to the project who's not actually actively doing stuff with rel on a rel account Wait, so from, to, weed out, this... to weed out to weed out it's to, it's a way to weed out the bad apples well okay so first of all well, let, let hold on a second so, so there's a lot of misinformation out there and and a lot of different perceptions on what's actually going on okay so one of the big reasons why people are so up in arms about this is because of some of the terms that you have to agree to in order to get a red hat account one of those terms at least I've seen this in a couple places, whether or not it's true or not, is that you cannot share that code outside of your Red Hat account because it's a violation of that terms of service, which of course is a violation of the GPL because you're once you have the code, you can share. Now, so, somebody, it was on Hackaday, I think, was was the site I was on. Uh, somebody asked and said basically, if you were to share the source code. You would lose your account, and that's the you could. You're not going to. It's not legal trouble you'd get in. It's just you'd no longer be able well, to get updates for that. This code. is this is also a misconception because you're not allowed to share it with anyone else who is not also a Red Hat member. Right. So you're you're allowed. Like if someone the, else has another right, personal the, account the, the, the G- and you modify it, you can send it to them. Red Hat is licensed under the GPL, which says that people once you have the code, you can share it, modify it with anyone without any restrictions. Um, yes, that's what the GPL and, stand. But but yeah. from what, what the the articles I've read said basically say that the the GPL is so flexible that it wouldn't really matter anyways. But the idea. Um, Honestly, guys, the whole situation of this being done isn't the whole point. The point is that it sets a precedent for taking things and tightening the control. It's not nearly as open as it was. And the the biggest and scariest part about it is that the Red Hat supports so many of the technology underlying technologies of Linux. You know, Xorg, Wayland, uh, Pulse Audio, Pipewire. Uh, that's not um, going nowhere. Uh, so, that's no, no, not no, going no, nowhere. Don't, don't let me finish, Steve. Please, it sets a precedence for the future of that support. Okay. It, it, How so? It, well, okay. So it comes across as anti-open source, and that's the reason why people are coming. And saying, like DT's video today, uh, uh, what he's call it, proprietary garbage, right? Obviously, um, an inflammatory headline and not true. We know it's not going closed source, despite what other YouTubers are saying. It's not closed source, still open source, but it's not as open as it was. Okay, we can agree on that, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. as open. It's not as open as it was. And the thing is, is that over the course of the last three or four months, Red Hat has made a series of decisions that come across as very anti-open source. Now, this not moving full closed source, but they, they've uh, fired a lot of, or you know, laid off, I, I guess is what you say. They should, they've laid off several of the community ma- members who contributed significantly to Fedora. They've made choices about uh, RHEL and the way the source code is is put out there and they've changed several other things that are just you know not what you'd think about for a company that completely and and openly supports open source software and the reason why i say it sets a bad precedent is because they do support so many other projects out there you know like those ones that i named like fedora you know and if this is the stance that they're taking with rel what are the chances are that they're going to start taking those stances on other things too 
Now, I will say that they don't have as much control over those software projects as, you know, like they do with RHEL. Because RHEL is their project, whereas, you know, they support those other projects. But if they decide to stop supporting those other projects, it's going to be, you know, not as good. Plus, well, a, a lot of Red Hat employees work on those projects, you know, so I don't well, know. Well, the, the, the big problem is, is like Red Hat had to do this financially because what what a lot of people don't in t take into account is when the when the source code for rel which for a company requires you to actually pay money for it if you can just go and get the source code without them being able to verify that you have an account with them then people who are working at companies and for anybody who wants to say that this doesn't happen you're completely ignorant or lying to yourself there is a lot of companies out there that go and get RHEL without an account and use it. That happens all the time. When there are obviously other projects that allow you to do the same thing, so it's really not that big of a deal. Okay. Oh, but, no, 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 hold, hold on a second. Red Hat has never, ever made a single dime on RHEL, okay? They don't make, they don't make money on the distribution. It has always been free. They make money on support, okay? That's where they yes. make their money, okay? okay. So if you're, so, so, well, no, 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 if no, you're no. using RHEL in a company, you are supposed to have a company account. You are supposed to. Right, like but it's, it, it, you're supposed to. Okay, if you make an account, that, does, that that's not going to change their bottom line at all. Okay? It, 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 they're... Uh, and, and, like, uh, we're having a passion agreement on part of, parts of this, and, and other, other parts we're not. Okay, so Red, Red Hat... Uh, the distro itself has never been uh, – it's just like saying Ubuntu makes money off from Ubuntu. They do not. They make money off from support. That's the – I mean, Red Hat makes like $4 billion a year, some crazy number. I don't, I don't even know. They make a lot of money every year, uh, whatever that number is. Every single dime of that comes from things that are not the actual distribution. Now, you could argue that having more full control over – who uses the distribution would possibly lead to more people paying for the services. That's an argument that can be made. Uh, I don't personally think that that's the way it's end up going to work because people who were not going to pay for RHEL in the first place aren't going to all of a sudden say, oh, shit, the source code is now behind a, uh, an account wall. Uh, I'm going to go do that now. They're just going to go find something different or um, they're going to um, whatever Alma or Rocky end up doing. They'll just use that. It's just all this. All this does is push people who are on the fence already because of the of Red Hat's previous actions, pushes them further into the arms of the competitors of Rocky and Elma. Okay. Now the question then becomes, of course, what does Rocky and Elma actually do? Uh, because they were using the source code of RHEL. They were using because those were those were basically one to one uh, copy. You know, bug to bug you know, copies of RHEL. So it's going to be interesting to see where they come. Apparently they have a plan, but we'll see what that ends up being. I don't know. Well, as far as I know, they could just, well, no, because no, I don't know. I Honestly, I have no idea, but I don't, I don't think it's this wild of an ordeal. Like you can still it's, go for free and get it. Doesn't it, like, like DT said in his video, it doesn't affect desktop Linux users as much as it affects companies. Well, of course, yeah, and of course, this is mostly for. Of course, this is about companies, but Red Hat plays such an important role when it comes to supporting projects that are underlying technologies for desktop Linux 
that it looks bad. You know what I mean? It, it, I, well, I, I don't, I don't think it really does. Cause to be honest, like mainly what they're doing is. Did I leave, lose both of you or are you guys just supposed to there? I think I lost both of them. That's awesome. Discord crashed. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I'm still streaming or not, but um, I'm having some technical difficulties, which is good. Let's see if I can start Discord back up. Yes, Discord crashed. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Company. I mean... And they were still talking. Most, they didn't even know I was gone. So I'm, I'm going to interrupt you guys because apparently Matt's having issues with the stream, but uh, you guys have made me rage enough that I've... That I just got my curtains put up on the window, so I'm here to join you now. You can't join okay. midway through. I'm sorry. That's just the, that's Too bad. the rules. <laughs> because you're all wrong. Okay. So how are we wrong? Ed educate us. All right. Hold on a second. Okay. Um... Okay. So Red Hat is free, but not for a business purpose. It it is it is non-free for production use. There's... That's that's what I've been talking about. It's it's free it's there, free for there's a different there's a difference between business and production you you only said business well so wait, what, the, what, the way the way in that the it works world, wait hold on hold on in what world are you running a business where you're not also in production if you're a developer of rel uh if you're if you're developing a, something for rel yeah so, well, Josh, now that you're here, explain to us exactly what we said wrong then, please. Okay, so the, the way that Red Hat works, and this is actually in like their purchasing agreements as well as the uh, licensing behind the developer subscription. The, the developer subscription literally has a term where it's just like if they find that you're using it for production use, you have to pay for REL. Because what they're doing is that they are, acti they, they are actively uh, controlling the repositories that you're pulling upstream from, which, by the way, you can just point to somewhere else. By the uh, way, guys, we can as... just completely stop recording in Audacity now, seeing as how Josh wasn't here at the beginning to just actually start recording. <laughs> oh. oh, I didn't even think about that. That's so true. <sighs> yeah, but anyways, right. guys, you see that ladder right there? That ladder's covered in sawdust because, you know, I've been cutting my wall apart all day just so I can get this damn window <laughs> installed. I, I literally just got yeah. my curtains up as you guys started talking about Red Hat. <laughs> Hold on. So, so... Does, short, so being he short-circuited because we were wrong. He short-circuited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, does being in production mean that anyone who develops a package for RHEL and actually ships that package must pay for Red Hat? No, because they're developing for Red Hat. If they're developing packages, they, they don't have to pay for Red Hat. If they, okay. As long as they're developing specifically for Red Hat. Now, So, uh, so essentially now, being in production means business. Uh, basically. However, <laughs> if you're a business... Now... There's more. There's more. There, uh -huh. However, not all businesses build packages for Red Hat. They just use Red Hat as, you know, like a file server or a web yeah. server or an email server. Those are the ones that have to pay for production. Yeah. yeah. Because they are putting that server into production. Well, they pay, same thing. No, no, no. They, pay for, thing they with, pay for support, right? Not the actual no, code. You have to pay for it. Yeah, they're paying for support, which uh, that support also includes your uh, package repositories. And the updates yeah, that come down. Right. Yes. But it, it was it was never the actual source code of the distro that they were paying for. It was never the actual source code okay. that they were paying for. So the <laughs> thing now is they are asking you to pay for the source code. Yes. Yes. Because of which before, of which this is not a violate. Hold on. There, this is not a, before we get to this point in the argument. This is not a violation of the G GPL because the GPL just says that, hey, uh, this this code needs to be redistributable. 
Uh, that said, if you want to have access to the, to, uh, the Red Hat source code, it's on CentOS Stream. Because CentOS Stream, believe it or not, is actually binary compatible with Production Rel. As long as you're using as long as you're using the same version of CentOS Stream that is available for the, the version of Red Hat that you're using. So, in this case being Red Hat 9, your packages for Cento, CentOS Stream 9 are binary compatible with Red Hat. The but only difference... To- look, the only thing that they have stopped is people being able to go and without a Red Hat account, pull down the source code, build it, and use it in production without ever signing up for an account. Ever. Yeah, so pretty much. that's... That's all they've done. And I don't think it's insane for them to do that. Because no, let's be honest, everyone, like not everyone, but there was definitely a lot of businesses out there that were doing that who could definitely afford to pay for it. I know it's some businesses like- that only pay for a single machine on Red Hat that use that one machine to download all the packages for Red Hat and then serves as a binary package host for all the other machines. Yes, we've all heard of businesses that operate this way. It is it's not unknown that people get away with using Rel and Red Hat without paying for it. Uh, and- Chas Linux in chat. Yes, you can pay for the source code. And they are not restricting you from getting access to that source code because all you have to do is just fill out a license agree is just, you know, make a develop- developer account and then you have access to the source code. Yeah. You just can't use it in a business without paying for it. Which yeah, is, you just, I think that's, yeah, you, I think that's you totally just can't, fair. Yeah, you just can't use it for a production purpose. Uh, that's that said, uh, the this is basically the exact same situation we ran ourselves into back when uh, you know they they end of life CentOS because yeah. the big issue with CentOS is that people were downloading CentOS using CentOS, and then that well actually the biggest issue with CentOS is that they weren't making money. There was no community engagement with CentOS. Because uh, CentOS was downstream from Red Hat, and uh, every time that the, you know they wanted to submit a bug report, they would submit the bug report to Red Hat, not CentOS. So it, it led down to the rabbit hole of towards the end of CentOS's life. There was literally only three people working on CentOS. You had two people working on production. You had one person working on the previous three versions of, of CentOS that were still in support. So in fact, I, I that think one guy is still working on supporting CentOS seven. I think the core of like the the this whole like news problem is the fact that red hat did a poor job of explaining exactly how this was going down and two also um everybody doesn't know that you can go and get rel for free for development and like personal use that's completely free um i I just don't think everyone understands that. Like that's that's totally fine. The only place where you're going to need to pay for it, and like a paywall exists, is if you're a company and using it for production in your company. And I think that's totally fair. Like it, especially if you know anything about Rel. It is not a project with a handful of people behind it. It's got a lot of money behind it there's a lot of focus on it it's got to be stable it's got to be it's got to be enterprise worthy like you know but yeah uh matt if you're trying to get your camera to work in discord you have to uh close you have to exit the camera from obs studio on all scenes i'm not worried about right now yeah don't do that don't do that i I just thought i'd let you know Uh, Um, and uh, the only thing that uh, that will make the uh, because we are living in the in the in the 
dimension or realm of Linux. So uh, it's it's going to be taken out of context. People are going to yes. uh, get angry. Be hyperbolic. Anytime Red Hat does something like this, because this is not the first time that we've done with this, that we've yeah. had this debate yeah. with involving Red Hat. It's not the second time. It's not the third time. It's not the fourth time. This is the fifth time in as many years as where there's been something like this happening with Red Hat. Yeah. So people are going to take well, everything out of context. That wait, right wait, there proves on. my point. Okay, is that they continue to do stuff like this, and it just keeps going and going and going. Now, you guys are completely right. They have 100% right to do this. It even makes sense for them to do this financially and as a business and all of that stuff. But when it comes to true and honest support of open source software, taking something behind a paywall doesn't... It's not behind a paywall. That's the whole point. Like, that's what I've been saying. It's not behind a paywall. Guys, it's guys, completely guys, free. Guys, guys, you just have to guys. sign up. have the prime example right here on the podcast. Tell I put the ISOs behind the, the the ISOs of the spins behind the donation wall. Yeah, I, I kept the code open source and free. People are yelling and they're up on up in arms because Zero Linux is charging for free code. Okay, so if they don't, you know, pay, all right, no, 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 hold on. A second. If they don't, there. if they don't pay for, if you don't have to pay for Red Hat, Hat the, if you don't have to pay for the source code, what the hell is the point? What's the point? Well, because you have to sign up for an account which has so a it, binding legal agreement that you're not going. Like, wait, hold on. This is very simple. No, no, it's <laughs> very simple. Okay, when you sign up for a Red Hat account, there is a binding legal agreement that they could they could use in a legal case if they find out that you're pulling down the source code and using it in production against that agreement once you have no, no, no. once you have a distribution and the source code you can do whatever you want with it that's the gpl okay that's gpl but well, yeah, what we're but talking about is just access to red hat repositories right i, I understand so the you're right it's the repository so that that is the the thing that they're at so the gpl and the other agreement that you're going to sign with Red Hat are two totally different things. Two totally okay. different I'm things. I am not a freaking moron. I know that they're two I different things. I'm not, I, I, I'm I, not implying I know you that they're two okay. different things. What I'm so what I'm starting to hold on a second. What I'm saying is that Josh is right in this situation. It's the repositories that are behind them. And I'm going to call it a paywall. I know you don't have to pay. You don't have to talk to me about that. I understand. Okay. Those are the ones that are behind the account wall. Then is is the, is the repositories. That's what is the thing. It doesn't. But that's not all they're doing. They're taking all of the source code behind the the account wall. Okay, and and that's fine. You're right. They're they're 100 free to do that. My point was is as as Josh said is that this is like the fifth time they've done something like this that has pissed off the community. Okay, they keep doing it. Since since the the IBM merger, because they keep doing but, it because it's not. Whenever they do it, the, the, the people get angry, but it passes and everything is back to normal. That, so, look, <laughs> just, just because sense. that just because that's true, oh. just because that's true, doesn't mean that it's still a good thing that it happens. Well, the the whole reason, well, I mean, honestly, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be honest about this whole argument, and everything, the only reason that anybody is upset about this is because they can no longer get around not paying for it 
I've never That's used Red really Hat good. in a, a day in my life, and I'm still a little upset about it. I'm just, I, mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't get why. Like, nothing is gonna like, for example, like, nothing is gonna happen to Xorg. Nothing is gonna happen to Wayland. Nothing well, is gonna well, happen to any of those. That's very optimistic I mean, of you. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm no, the pessimist no, of the podcast, and I think that uh, I'm a little worried about it. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, okay. So when you sign up for for a Red Hat account. Uh, on the developer subscription, you're subject to two licensing agreements uh, that for just the account itself. You're 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 not only signing up for you're not only signing the developer subscription for for individuals, which is you know the one that gives you access to the one that allows you access to the repositories, but you're also signing up for the Red Hat Enterprise Agreement itself. Both of which these agreements are actually super short. One's five pages, the other one's one page. Surprisingly short for for an enterprise contract like this, but uh, when it comes down to it, yes, uh, I saw somebody talking about an NDA attached to the account agreement. The account agreement itself does not have an, have an NDA. It's the enterprise agreement that has it. What and all that NDA says is 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 a confidentiality disclaimer for you know those zero day vulnerabilities. Uh, it's, it's yes, not an guys, NDA I know Discord is code. fucking up again. I'm hoping you still get the audio. Sorry, um, but like. Again, these agreements only allow Red Hat to pursue a legal case in the fact that you're using it against their agreement, which before, if you could just go get the source code, you could build it and you could get around not ever signing up for an account, then you could bypass the entire thing and they would have no ground to stand on. And there's a lot of the decisions that Red Hat have made lately have just been to try to improve revenue, which if you know anything about like most Linux companies, they don't pull in a shitload of money. Uh, no. Sure, they they can get bought for a lot of money, but they normally don't pull in a lot. I mean, it... you know, this is the most technological problems I've had in in forever. Now it's, it's making me sign back into Discord, which is highly entertaining. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm working on it. Give me a second, guys. Um, Scan QR code. Uh, yay! Let me see if I can't get back in the in in the chat here. It's 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 wonderful. Okay. No. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, you all right? All right. This is fucking oh. dumbass. This guys, this right here is why I'm moving back to Windows. Okay. This is this is uh, this is this has been my hey, Linux Matt, experience Matt. the entire fucking week. What? Uh, is it time to uh, just give up on Discord and use Jitsi? I, it's time for me to give up on OpenSUSE is, is what it is. <laughs> I, I really want to use OpenSUSE, but uh, I've been having so many problems with it. And this And this is, I think this is the Flatpak version of Discord, I'm pretty sure. So I, I shouldn't have a problem with it, it but there's something going on, on wrong. I, I, do, I don't know what the hell is going on. Also, who the hell knows if we're actually going to have a recording of this at the end of the day? Who, at this yeah, point, who knows? Who knows? YouTube will have a VOD, oh, well, uh, but YouTube will have a VOD of wherever you sent it. Well, yeah. Which well, I, I have, apparently has only been half an episode. Well, it was, it's only <laughs> ever going to come from OBS anyways because someone joined midway through and we don't have the. Oh, the I'm, audio. Sorry. It, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. No, I'm, I'm a little. Like, you, you, got, you guys triggered me. I'm sorry. I'm salty about <laughs> it. But anyways, let's let's see if we can't move on from this disaster of, of a news story. I, I, at this point, I don't even care. Let's move on to whatever. I, I can't even go see what other news stories we have because in order to show this, I have to show the Discord window. I can't move away from uh, the Discord window because uh, if I do, 
Well, I mean, I want, uh, whose news next, uh, or whose news uh, do you want to go next? Well, <clears throat> tell you what, Steve, take it, take a story. Yeah, take a story, Steve. What's your next? What's your first link? Okay, it's SDDM finally getting an update officially from under. Uh, it, it's frozen ADD again. Because... <laughs> All right. Who's frozen? Yeah, everyone is frozen. Discord froze again. Yeah, I'm actually pretty warm today. I'm running my air conditioner full blast. Oh my god, y'all! <laughs> uh, so it's SDM 0.20. Uh, finally, we get an update after such a long time, and this time around, the people because apparently SDM was not a was not a KDE project. It was a its own standalone project that the KDE people were using. Um, you didn't know knew? that. I didn't know that. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. To be honest, you I know how SDM I knew that. A project. I, I knew that because it doesn't start because the name of the project doesn't start with a K. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh dude, that's, 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 that's a good point. <laughs> I, I, no, it's, it's didn't rename it to KDDM. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually like a, a a rule of thumb under under their uh under their official project guidelines. Like anything that doesn't start with anything that doesn't actually lead with a K in its name is not is not. All right, I'm working on it, guys. We're gonna we're gonna try something different here. All right, let's go to here, and we're gonna uh, see here, and then uh, this is this is the worst podcast ever. Um. Log in. Discord, yes. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is going to be great. We'll see if this actually works. I don't think it's going to work, but we're going to find out. They're getting there. They're getting there. Not, uh, before, it was way more buggy because it wasn't the KDE project, so it's not on them. And we're, I'm not saying that they All messed right. it up or anything. Can you guys actually hear me? We yeah. can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. I think I've found a workaround. We're using Discord in the browser like a, like it's the 1990s. Um, but <laughs> it's obviously something terrible is going on with everything <laughs> in my life right now. What? Well, Tyler, you've been doing this with me for well over two years. We've never had technical difficulties this bad ever no, before, right? No, this is never, bad. Never. Um, Which I got to be honest, I I don't want to like crap on and take the the conversation away from SDDM, but the I got to be honest, OpenSUSE has probably been one of my worst experiences on Linux, um, just from the sheer install of it, because if you know anything about OpenSUSE, I don't know if they change, but the amount of packages that come down when um, you install OpenSUSE is unbelievable. Yeah, if you if you if you choose KDE as the as the desktop environment, you're gonna get north of five thousand packages. It's 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 insane. Um, I don't yeah. know, and I don't know. If that's because they count them differently, because like if, if you take an Arch install of KDE and a Debian install of KDE, they're gonna those package counts are gonna be significantly different because they count packages differently and, and bundle them differently. Um, 
I don't know if that's the what OpenSUSE is doing or if they actually have 5,000 packages that they have to install. It is it is kind of insane. Um, hopefully, now that I'm doing this in the browser, um, <laughs> this will, we can actually carry on with this thing because we're we're 50 minutes in. I don't think we've talked about literally anything. <laughs> well, we the really news. You we guys have talked the most about... important. We went we went through the most important topic of the whole episode. That, that's more that than is enough. true. Is anybody actually even still watching this? Well, there's six. Well, great. That's, great. that's definitely it? the thing that people came for. Uh, our, our most watched episode live, and this is the thing that they come towards. We're normally much better than this, guys. Um, actually, I... You know a secret? You know a secret? Uh, if you look at the title of the video, it says Red Hat in it. I've decided that Red Hat alone is responsible for 50% of viewership because the most popular videos on my video, besides some stupid playmat video I recorded 10 years ago in my basement, have all been Red Hat videos. Yeah. Which also doesn't make sense because a lot, like, a, a lot of, like, a lot of people don't use Red Hat personally. Like, they don't develop for Red Hat. Like, it's just, just something mainly used by businesses. Yeah, but it's it's it also a very prime target for anybody that wants to be a system administrator. That that uh, RHCSA uh, is actually really really important. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, Tyler, so, your 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 subject. So we did the SDDM one. Let, let me see if I can't take control again. Just I, I will feel better if I if I if I pull the reins in just a little bit. So yes, Tyler, tell us what your 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 next link is. Mine is going to be um, NVIDIA has come out with a new driver. Now, this was on June 14th, and I literally don't even know what today is, so 24. So this is more than a week old. But um, for those of you who don't know, NVIDIA driver 535.54.03. I love that version name. Numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> it rolls uh, right off the so tongue. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's beautiful to say. Uh, but they they actually have improved Wayland support. It also has uh, I don't they say like uh, improves support for Flatpak apps. I genuinely have no idea how that is a problem for Nvidia that they need to release a driver update for. Um, but yeah, that's a thing they had to do. Um, and also now it's got support for hybrid NVIDIA AMD laptops. So, uh, for a lot of hardware, uh, you're going to be probably better off running this, this driver. And also if you've had issues with trying to use Wayland on NVIDIA before, you definitely need to update to this driver and try it and see if it, you know, actually does help and make it work good. Um, so that's kind of a big thing that maybe people who pay attention to Linux news have already seen, but definitely something worth checking out for everybody who is sadly using NVIDIA prod products, which I know, Steve, you're one of them, but you'll get an AMD card here before too long, which speaking of, um, I actually do have an RX 6600 XT that I'm looking to sell. So uh, if you want to work something out, we can... We can get that done. I have no idea how it would possibly get shipped to you. Um, yeah, forget about it. Uh, because by the time, uh, because you're gonna pay too much to get it to me. I'm gonna get built. Uh, so we'll end up. It's gonna end up costing around two thousand dollars. So um, yeah. Uh, 
no, uh, the 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 issue with uh, the Nvidia drivers because I I maintain Nvidia drivers on my repositories, the TKG ones because that's what works for me better than the vanilla ones. Uh, <laughs> I did try the vanilla ones. There, there's no big difference in reality, but for some people, the vanilla ones get them stuck on Nouveau. It doesn't switch on hybrid. Yeah. on hybrid. I know laptops. that's been a problem for a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm like. Uh, there's no big difference. I don't know if it fixed Wayland because I can't get my <clears throat> to get into Wayland. Uh, well, what, wait, hold on. What package numbers? Of, I don't even know if this is available on Arch because uh, I know Arch may not have already packaged the the newest 535 version. They did. They did. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, because I rely on uh, a package uh, libs libc. RXL or whatever it's called. Yeah, one of those uh, great lib packages. Got a lot of their packages. Names. Yeah, for uh, for for Nvidia, it's five thirty five. So I waited for for the uh, Arch for Arch to have the latest drivers before I pushed the TKG ones, uh, and I've been testing them before. Still, okay. They keep talking about Wayland is working, but I don't know what the issue is. If it's Plasma, if it's SDDM, if it's Nvidia driver, I don't know what it is. But I cannot use Wayland for the life of me. I cannot say I cannot agree or disagree with anything. I I cannot blame any any one thing because uh, I can't get to it. And the, the reason I know it's plasma shell crashing is because I I went to the TTY and I went to Wayland through from the TTY. It kept saying plasma shell session and started ended and dumped and whatever core dumped and whatever so uh something is causing the plasma shell to, to, to break but those nvidia drivers work uh and uh, i have news also about since those came out you know that the nvidia open v open drivers also open DK, dkms drivers also got updated mm -hmm. so uh the o apparently the open dkms work better for a lot of users than the actual regular drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Touring and above, it, of course, because th that's, that's touring. the only issue that I have with a, a NVIDIA nowadays. I don't even care that they're proprietary. Like NVIDIA is going to be a bitch. Like they always will. But here's the thing. Can, can they just make their drivers simple to operate on multiple different OSs without having a dependency tree that's a nightmare like <laughs> that's what breaks it like recently with steam you saw the, all the issues with steam when they <laughs> they released the uh the hardware accelerated uh, ui yeah. half the people were uh, were having issues launching steam because they were missing the lib32 nvidia utils on the yeah. multi-lib this is why i'm happy that i'm on an all intel system even though i have to use an upstream distro <laughs> because all my stuff is just in the kernel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's why um, you were asking earlier uh, if. Uh, yeah, that's why I was asking drivers. earlier because I'm sitting here looking at the zero Linux notes and I, and I see Intel Arc drivers removed. What'd you, what'd you do? Did you remove Linux? <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about the XF86 so, video Intel for the. Uh, I'm going to help way. Matt out here. I think we spent a lot of time talking on this and we've got another five articles to go through i've so, cut some down Matt. by the way um we're gonna skip a couple um oh, okay. can i talk about linux mint 
we will, but before we do, we're going to do contact information. If, if you want to get in contact with us and let us know what a crap show this has been. If you guys, were, first of all, if you were watching the video, you'll know that the, the, we had technical difficulties because it was all video based and stuff. If you were are watching the or listening to the audio version, you're probably like, what the hell is going on with these people? They've never podcasted a day in their lives. Technical difficulties mm -hmm. happen, apparently. Um, but anyways, we apologize for that. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so many different ways. Linuxcast.org is probably the best way. There you'll find previous episodes all the way back to season one, as well as blog posts when I post them. Uh, those will all be there as well. You can fi find Tyler. He's on YouTube. Whether or not he knows how to ins actually sign into his YouTube account anymore, no one knows. YouTube youtube.com slash zanyog is where you can subscribe to him uh, josh has all of his contact information at uh, tenleyj.com slash stalker steve has a youtube channel as well youtube.com slash zero linux with zero with an x not as g uh, a g apparently somewhere in my universe g is g zero i don't i don't know what's going on anymore uh with instead of a z is what i meant to say uh you can uh Support me on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Linuxcast. You can contact all of us via email at, at uh, email at the Linuxcast.org. And you can find all of this stuff, all of these links that are in a much more uh, professional and well-thought-out presentation on the website at the Linuxcast.org slash contact. There you'll find other links for Steve, the, the links to for uh, the Discord and Mastodon and uh, all this stuff. All that stuff at the Linuxcast.org slash contact. So... I actually had somebody send me an email the other day. It was actually really fascinating. We we were talking about philosophy. I I we get a, quite a few emails actually these days. I'm really really bad oh. at replying to them and pass and, and even worse at passing them on to the people that they're actually supposed to go to. So uh, if you sent me an email, uh, I I do read them. I, I I just apparently the reply button is broken on my finger. I don't know. Uh, I'll get better at that. Any, anyways, so are you saying you don't check your email? I do. I actually have an email client. I look at them. I read them. I have them on my phone, oh. and uh, they're fantastic. Uh, I just oh. am crap at contacting people. Um, I apologize for that. At least you got your emails working on your phone. I can't get my I can't get my emails working on my phone. I just use I tried. I just use Spark. It's fine. Uh, also, I use Gmail, so it, it's easy enough. Um, anyways, so that's the contact information. Let's go ahead and move on to the. Rest of the news, I did cut out the Alma Linux uh, one, so we won't talk about that. I will go next. Um, so, two Fedoras, because we should be able to get this done pretty quickly, because this is not surprising. Two Fedora spins have, uh, are t at least talking about going uh, without Xorg installed. Both of those are the Sway versions of Fedora, the regular one, which is called the Sway version, the Sway spin, and the other one is Siracia, Siracia, something like that. I don't know, it's the Immutable whatever it's the immutable version of sway this way uh spin so both of those not surprising not going to include the packages for xorg um because if you're downloading those spins you're probably not going to want to use xorg um it, it's just is a little bit bloat so um I, I saw some people like freaking like oh no fedora is going to completely cut out xorg yeah that's actually in the plans but it's like miles down the road um, and it's not the, uh, it's, it's for, not, for not these the, two spins, the only reason why Xorg is still there is just because of SDDM still uses Xorg on, on Fedora, but, uh, they've also got greet D in repositories. So why aren't they using greet D with one of those, with one of those options? Well, I mean, they can always just switch to uh -huh. 
GDM or one of the others. It's, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't there's know. a whole bunch of things I, they could do. I think that but... the reason why they, they're so attached to SDDM, do you guys think this is true, is that because SDDM is more themable? I mean, do you think that's, that's probably exactly why? what the case is? It's themable uh, and it's familiar for people. So like, like GDM that, is going to look like GDM, whether it's, you know, wanted to or not. Go ahead, Tyler. Half the time, Josh Josh says exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely like. Well, why it's do what we even need to be here? To. Let's just make have Josh say all the things. See, right? that's why. Like to be honest, it's not that I was busy or like out of town when I missed the like last lot of podcasts. It was just Josh already like he already had the same news I had. He like we had already had conversations and he was finishing my sentences. So I was like, ah, I'll just take a break for a while. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I should just have my own podcast already. Josh it's called Distro Hacking. It's supposed to be every Friday. It's the, he, he's <laughs> the... I, I do have some good news for you, uh Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um have zero AD installed so perfect. Then oh. tonight we're gonna we're gonna have tonight, so it's it's gonna be late tonight. But I thought um, you were gonna help me install Gentoo. <laughs> I can do that too. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We can, I can multitask. I can play zero AD and help you install Gentoo. I got you. Oh I got yeah, you. I, I can wait a second. Wait a second. Look at Josh's face. Wait just just a second here. Just a second here. Because how many how many times have I had to help you with your Gentoo installation, Zany? Should should Matt oh. really should be taking installation advice from you? You're gonna be in the call with us, and you're going to do most of the talking. Oh, oh okay, Matt. Matt, just, I need you. I need you to go to tenleyj.com/sponsors and click on one of the support links, and then you need to pay me. Pro- you need to pay me for Gen Two support. Wait, now, now, now you know why I asked Tyler <laughs> for help. We're going okay. off on a tangent again, but I do have to say that was probably one of the most most um interesting conversations we've uh, we've ever had josh about you starting to charge for your gen 2 support because you totally should and i completely support it if you want to do patreon something like that like you totally should a liberapay.com slash 10 lee j yeah that's why i asked tyler by the way so i could get the free version it may not be as good (laughs) but it's definitely free okay <laughs> well, you put your Gentoo support behind a paywall, you bitch. <laughs> what are what do you think you are, Red Hat? Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I have two Red Hat servers behind me. I, I, he's one of them now. You got to be careful, man. Are, are I have two behind me. I have six at work. You're you're moving to Rocky Linux. Is that what your distro hacking is about? Uh, I am going to be switching the servers to Rocky Linux. That way I don't have to deal with all the Red Hat is bad comments. Oh, uh, who cares what actual people say? So, All right, let's go. Uh, Josh, why don't you take the next one? Okay, uh, Linux Cinnamon releases a beta where it looks like that they've actually tried this developing thing. Did you, did you call Linux Mint Linux Cinnamon? Oh. Did I really? I think you did. No, I thought you said <laughs> Linux Mint Cinnamon. The, the, no, they de- he, def- so. he definitely said Linux Cinnamon. Um, but also, I, I said, they I said def- Linux Mint. I'm they saying def- it now. Uh, internet should, can prove me wrong. They next should week definitely when you call it Linux. I'm just saying. No, 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 um, no, no, no. Uh, but that said, that said, I I checked the Git repository. They have done no work on Muffin whatsoever. Muffin is so, wait, Muffin is on, their the fork big... of Mutter, right? Yeah, it is still based off of Mutter 3.22, which is really freaking old. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mother, mother, we're, we're up to mother 44.2. You can't, yeah. you can't pay attention to Gnome's version numbers. They flop all over the place all the damn time. Um, 
<laughs> but but yeah, it's still really old. But um, anybody? That, Wait, hold on. They just added XDG desktop portal support. Yep. What? Yep. How how old is this? Pretty old. Hold on, let me see. Updated Wednesday. So hey, Josh, <laughs> you know everything about what's going on in the Linux world. What what's the status of Cinnamon going to Wayland? Uh, it is not on the roadmap whatsoever. They've actually said this multiple times. Every time somebody's ever asked about it in a bug tracker, they go like, "Hey, is there, is there going to be a Wayland port of Cinnamon?" They said there are no plans to move to Wayland ever. That, yep, that's ever. So so, Steve, we found our home for the next forever because they're never going to Wayland. We're gonna go. Let's go use some cinnamon, man. It's gonna be great. Hey, Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt, are you going to re-upload that? That uh, are you going to upload a Linux Mint apology video? Because if I remember correctly, you had a very popular video in the past where you, uh, you were you had some opinions about Linux Mint. I, I had to turn. Okay. time for you to backtrack. No, um, they should still use the Debian edition. I I, I will one hundred percent forever stick with that opinion that they should st- they should use the debian edition as their only uh, only only version i think that that's still the truth but that video that you're talking about that uh, linux is i think it's like linux is linux meant useless or it, something like that uh, uh, it, it was literally titled because i happen to have an archive of this video by the way because you know me being me it, it said the the actual title of the video says that linux Mint is a useless distro tyler i told you he was downloading the internet man <laughs> I told you. <laughs> um, also, I had to turn the I had to turn the the comments off on that video because I was getting literal death threats yeah. from people who yeah. who are so into Linux Mint I, because it's their thing, I, and they did not like I me remember, saying that it was useless. I remember. I think it was like probably two or three months after you post that video. I was scrolling through YouTube and they recommended it to me again. And I was like, "Oh, dude, I got to check out the comments." Like that was my only thought. Like not watch the video, read the comments. Bro, they're bad. Wild. Yeah, they were. They were bad. Wild. Um, <laughs> like the, the, you pissed off. Like the really the entire off. internet. Yeah, it was okay. So, anyways, uh, let's talk about like what Linux Mint has actually developed on. Uh, they've imp- they've implemented touchpad ge- gestures into lib input, which they put in lib input, not muffin uh so that's like the that's like the highlight of it uh they've also got the photo manager of pics it's rebased to a g g thumb 3.12 which by the way we're on g we're on g thumb 3.18 now uh and they've they've Oh God! What is happening to me? You've used a uh, cinnamon, and you oh. and you looked at all the theming options. There are like <laughs> seventeen options in all the other different places, and of course, uh, Matt's breaking Discord again. <laughs> I, I, I just don't even know what's going on at this point. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and what, I mean, this isn't even the same version of Discord. Uh, it's, in, it's in the... Firefox. Next... Are, are are we surprised? <laughs> Yeah, they were talking. So the guys are still talking about Linux Mint, but I, I, I'm just giving up for the day. Um, I don't oh, care what you're, you're, oh, you're giving <laughs> up. Okay, okay. talking about. This is obviously not working. I'm not changing tabs anymore. Oh, I think that that's what was happening. Okay. Can, you guys, can you guys hear me? Uh, we can hear you perfectly fine. Okay, then we're, then we're good. Uh, okay. Did so, you have anything uh, more to say about? That's, uh... Well, the reason why I asked if you can still hear me is because Steve's just talking about things. Mint, I know. <laughs> I don't know any other Linux. Okay. The oh, yeah. LND uh, version is good. Like, yeah. Fine. Okay. Like, but the the thing that I find very funny about your article here, 
um, is the only thing on here that I see that's like actually really, really no, no worthy other than the fact that, you know, the theming shit is finally fixed, but H I H E I F support for like any photos that anybody sends you from like an iPhone or like if you have an iPhone, that's, that's pretty needed, especially nowadays. Um, but I swear Linux Mint is a fantastic distro. It really is, especially for new users. It's, it, it is really good. However, we can still joke about their lack of development because either they're far too behind on things or like they don't like, I mean, you see like so, the change logs of some he, other. He, distros, here's the thing like, about Linux yeah. Mint. Everybody used to be excited about Linux Mint because they were doing the innovative stuff. They've, they're done doing the innovative things. Now they're at all the boring stuff that they've got to do. Yeah. And yeah. that's really what the issue is with Linux yeah. Mint. <laughs> and like the, to, to be perfectly honest, I don't know that it's an issue, but it still allows people like us to publicly joke about them when they do make an, like, you know, an update. Cause it's always like, like the most, like the most that you get like emotionally out of any like update that comes out of Linux Mint is like, cool. Like that's, that's it. There's nothing yeah. past that. Linux Mint so, feels like and, one of those uh, distributions uh, that's going I, to happen. Uh, uh, I tried Cinnamon recently on uh, on Arch because, you know, Arch has the latest version. And it looks exactly the same like the old one. I didn't notice anything yeah. different. Yeah, it well, just... there there is no... <laughs> Cinnamon hardly ever changes, man. Like, it's pretty much the same as XFCE. Like, it, yep. it rarely changes, if ever. Yeah, Matt, what, like, what, what, what were you going to say? Why bother? <laughs> uh, what's the point? Um, I don't even. I don't even remember. Let's just move XFCE, off this. XFCE is very. Uh, no, 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 wait, Steve. What are you uh, talking very about? Odd indeed. <laughs> Steve. Uh, hey, I, Steve. Uh, Steve. I tried to. He can't hear me. This, uh, that's, that's what's going Steve. on. Is he can't hear me. Yeah, I don't think you can hear Matt. <laughs> that, that's the reason why he keeps talking <laughs> over me because he can't hear me. <laughs> we were wondering, like, we were wondering why you kept talking over Matt, but like, you know, no one had a problem with it. But it's because you can't hear him. <laughs> yeah, why can't I hear him? I thought he broke uh, Discord. No, I'm still here. So <laughs> I was here pouting because nobody was listening to me. <laughs> And I wasn't gonna stop him because I like I, I just figured. <laughs> no, because you thought it was hilarious. <laughs> well, no, now I, I can hear I, you. Now I can hear you. Awesome. Uh, well, I, I just, to be honest, the only reason I didn't say anything, and I guess Josh didn't say anything, is Steve really hadn't been talking that much, so he figured he was just trying to get his word in. So you know. Like, <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't know Matt was trying to say anything either. That's fine. You can't hear me either. Oh, come on now. No, I can hear you just fine. You just don't care. Sorry, this this is respect I get. It's fine. All right, let's go ahead. Um, what the hell even? Uh, who's who's the entire I mean, arc one? It's it's not oh, me. Um, even though you know it, it, my computer is ten percent faster. I see us go now. Uh, so the Intel arc one is mine. All right, Tyler, um, take us away, would you? All right, and this one definitely pertains to Josh. I'm, I, I when I found this article, I genuinely checked the notes to see if you had already posted it because. Uh, if anyone knows anything about Josh, he does actually run an Arc uh, GPU now. And so the driver change, the, the newest driver update uh, with Mesa, um, 
has actually added a big performance enhance on the Intel GPU stack. So uh, it's upwards uh, or like around 11% of a performance improvement, which is uh, really good, um, yep. especially if you know anything about Arc CPUs, they're already not like they're not competing with like the highest level GPUs out there anyway. So an 11% improvement is definitely good. Um, and I got to be honest, it's, it's not often that I see Intel Arc like news and especially something that's like this good. Like this is very good. And as far as I know, um, it's uh, like it helps out on most Intel Arc C, uh, GPUs, but um, the the um, the DG2 Alchemist ones, which I don't. The, D, the DG2 is the ARC GPUs. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't when know if that was meteor, a When it's talking about Meteor Lake, they're talking about this, the embedded graphics on the CPUs. That's you what you have Lake to is. love Intel's naming schemes. They're just always so fantastic. Well, th that's kind of the problem with all hardware. Is so, like... uh, Intel ARC is actually not the first time that Intel has actually made a dedicated graphics card, which DG2 yes. literally stands for dedicated graphics. Yes. So we, this is dedicated graphics too, because they, they had a previous line of dedicated graphics cards about 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I know someone who has one of those cards. They're extremely rare. He's net, like he's literally never even put in a computer. He's just got it at like mounted in like a case and on the wall. Yep. Cause it's just it like it's, uh, there was, as far as I know, they never released them publicly. Um, I, his is an engineering sample. So, like that's pretty cool, um, but yeah. The only place uh, I've seen it was Linus Tech Tips. Had one. Yeah, but the, to to be honest, I, I will say the Intel Arc news probably doesn't affect most people. Uh, most people didn't just buy an Intel card or an Intel GPU just to play with it. Um, Josh. I mean, there's definitely the their Joshes <laughs> out there. Okay, okay, okay. So. When I bought the Arc GPU, was not a good time to buy an Arc GPU. But at this point nowadays, with you know the latest Ubuntu point release, uh, Debian twelve theor having theoretical support, you, there is a way to get Intel. There is a way to get Debian to boot with an Intel Arc GPU. It's just you have to m modify the kernel command line in Grub. But uh, you right now is actually not a bad time to actually look at that Arc GPU that you know is marked for like two hundred and twenty dollars, and you know it's, it's the top. Is the top tier A770 model, which is equivalent to like an NVIDIA 3060, or I think I think it's equivalent to like an AMD 6700 or something like no, that. It's it's closer to a 6600 XT, which 60, is what I have, which uh, is at the same price. Yeah. Either but, way, the, there's not that much of a performance difference between them, but yeah. it's it's not a bad time to actually be looking at that Arc GPU mill and actually legitimately considering it for the purchase. Yeah, they're not they're not bad graphics cards. They're just I mean, most people just for sheer driver support are going to go with an AMD card just because they're similarly matched in price. But to be fair, this could age like milk because I I totally see Arc GPUs dropping in price again because um, just because of the sheer quantity of them yeah. and there's not that many uh, people buying them. So that said, uh, th the driver improvements alone have shown that these that 
that they did a really good job with this first generation product, which uh, there are still there are still some headaches with it. it but you know, and overall, though, it has been nothing but an impressive experience for me the entire time, because, you know, I'm sitting here. I, I was I was booting up and running uh, original Doom on on the GPU and I was getting the GPU acceleration working and everything. I wasn't using DXVK or anything. I was just using OpenGL and it worked. Okay, so uh, can I ask a question or a prediction for you, Josh? Because you're the only real yeah. knowledgeable one here. Five years from now, do you think that Intel is still making dedicated GPUs? Yes. Okay. The reason why because, I ask is there's, there's a reason. There's a reason why I say this because the way Intel works is when they come out with a product, they're going to they're going to support that product for five years. That's going to be first, second, and third generations. Okay. Fine. And let, after, let me let me amend it. Ten years from now, do you think so? Uh, ten years from now. It depends if we actually buy the GPUs, okay. which, you know, at this point, people are buying the GPUs. So they're, they're, I say yes. To Josh's credit for that question, I do have to say, I I think Josh has, has got a very good point be, because, for one, they're definitely going to come out with, at, at, if, if you know anything about hardware, they're definitely coming out with a next generation knowing Intel and their manufacturing processes. But you you also got to understand i think a lot of people are going to start purchasing them more and seeing a more performance improvement because you have to understand how poor they're which again they're building drivers from scratch and like these are it's new complete new hardware everything so you have to understand there is no nvidia up, up graphics update pretty much ever that is a just a normal update that's not fixing a severe crippling bug that gives you 10 to 11 percent more per performance improvement that just doesn't happen i mean um, the, the only reason the only reason it would ever happen with an nvidia or amd driver is because the driver e is either not supporting something or there's a bug uh with intel they're literally developing out their driver stack so yeah it's getting better and better constantly so. that said we are at the edge of performance for x86 so and Intel has made their all their money off of x86 for the longest time. And x86 probably isn't going to be going anywhere for, for a while, but that market is shrinking in comparison to both RISC-V and ARM. So it, so I, I think that Intel is going to try to continue to push the dedicated graphics for as long as they possibly can because it is another market and they need to diversify. Steve, you, uh, have Steve, you got your hand up. Just, oh, just, cool. just pop in, bro. Or is he frozen? <laughs> oh, I'm, <sorry. laughs> like, like, I'm just expecting things to go wrong at this when point. When people start talking about ARC GPUs, it's like a turnoff. I'm sorry. Why? Just switch off. I'm left Intel in the wind long time ago. Mm -hmm. AMD, AMD, uh, hoping to become a 100% AMD guy, but unfortunately, because of the lack of funds. I'm stuck with this 1080 NVIDIA 1080 in my system that I'm I see as a virus in my system because Linux I'm a 100% Linux user. I don't care for Windows. I don't I mean, want to see Windows. I, I definitely do agree with your point though, because I now that I'm all AMD and the way AMD functions as a company when it comes uh, to their code base. And I need I, like to, I need to admit I need to admit another thing. I'm looking at it. You guys are talking uh, as users, but me, I'm looking at it from a distro maintainer's point of view as you are talking. Uh, yeah. As you are yeah. talking, because you can no longer take the distro maintainer out of me. 
it's, yeah. it's part of me well, now forever to your point josh don't you have to do some special stuff to get like don't you need like extra packages or a specific version of a package to get intel arc functioning like well, it's just a specific properly. Oh, all you need all you need for intel graphics to uh, get the arc gpu to actually post on your system you need to have a 6.2 or newer kernel and mesa 22 or newer i think it's like 22.7 or something like that you got to have newer uh, so we're, and, we're already past that point. Yeah. And now, uh, it, if your if your distribution is using the uh, latest LTS kernel, the kernel uh, you're, 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 you have on. a problem. It's the 6.1 kernel. You can actually just cha change a uh, launch option in Grub and st and be able to get a display output. And you will still have yeah. the hardware acceleration and everything. Uh, like uh, like now, NVIDIA and Wayland. So you have to add the DRM stuff. Now, unlike all the other distributions, the Intel drivers are built into the kernel itself. So say if you install Arch Linux, do not install XF, XF86-video-Intel. Do not install that package. You don't need it whatsoever. If you install that and, package, uh, you will completely bork your graphic performance. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it happened with a, with a couple of users that, that, that were on my server that were testing. They, they had a, an Arc GPU. Uh, and they were wondering why their system wasn't booting. I was like, Zero Linux has the XF86 uh, video <laughs> Intel on it because up until now, people had you GPUs, <laughs> Intel iGPUs. They didn't have the well, Arc GPU. Well, You're the first guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well it, like, it's because the it's because the Arc GPU does not use the i9 15 driver. It uses the XE driver that's in, that's only yeah. in the kernel. Uh, the XF86 uh, Intel driver on that's packaged in Arch Linux is actually mislabeled. That's that's actually the the uh, package library front end for the i nine fifteen driver that only supports eighth gen or or older CPUs. I remember you talking about this before, but the reason I was saying uh, from a distro maintainer's point of view, uh, uh, from a distro maintainer's point of view, ha uh, supporting the Arc GPU is simple. I don't have to include anything. I don't have to <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, anything. Yeah, but yeah. I have to keep mentioning to people if you have. I cannot include it. Uh, uh, I cannot include the XF86 dash video dash Intel if I want pe uh, people with Arc GPUs to use it because it's going to completely bork their system. So that's the the reason for which I had to remove it for people who are running ancient uh, iGPUs and i i915 based uh, Intel G uh, integrated GPUs. I tell them install this package. Have yeah. to tell them to install it manually. They, I cannot well, include it on the ISO. And also, I I feel like most people who have a problem when they boot into a system using it and just an Intel iGPU are going to like that's going to be the first thing they check for because pretty much everyone who's used Linux for any amount of time and ever run an Intel CPU has seen that package on their system at some point or someone reference it because i do remember back in the day that a lot of distros included a lot of distros is still included to this day a, like, a lot of a lot of these arch-based distributions manjaro included so include that package in the system well and yes it works if you're using the integrated integrated graphics chip on your on your system but you're set but you're still sacrificing the performance uh it's not an issue if you're on uh, 12th gen or newer CPUs because those CPUs, uh, the the uh, that the driver will check to see those CPU models and then just disable itself and, and it uh, yeah, yeah I and heard just about disable that. itself. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen with the Arc GPUs because you know Intel hasn't flipped that switch yet. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and and also integrated graphics are treated very differently from dedicated dedicated graphics in like the kernel stack. So it's a so it's a bit of a different process. It's not as easy as a switch. So 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's go ahead and move on to the last one. Who has the distro box one? That's Steve. Steve, hey. tell us what this is, hmm. would you please? All right, sir. I'll 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 ease I'll ease the pain. I'll ease the pain. Um, basically, DistroBox 1.5 released with NVIDIA GPU container support. So basically, now uh, there's NVIDIA GPU support for <laughs> DistroBox. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, uh, the, with today's DistroBox 1.5 update, there is initial NVIDIA GPU supports for containers with DistroBox aiming to share the host driver support with the container. Basically, like uh, GPU pass through to the VM, but since DistroBox is not a VM, I don't I don't know why that wasn't the case in the first place. But uh, so I'm testing uh, cubes like I promised you guys last week or the week before. Uh, I discovered, yeah, uh, if 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 cubes can do it via real VMs, why can't DistroBox do it? I was reading this article and I was like. Box is not supposed to be a VM. It's supposed to be your host yeah, machine. It, just... Yeah, it's containers. And then uh, basically what this is doing is this is just hooking it's GPU unlocking access the, to into your the container. GPU, yeah, yeah, it's unlocking much. Ac direct access to your GPU. I'm like, kind of like Flatpaks. So, uh, yeah. DistroBox is kind of like Flatpak now. It, it has full access to your entire system. That's very GPU. cool. That's I mean, that's gonna give people another reason to use DistroBox. Now, when you use DistroBox, um, do you run graphical environments in it? You, uh, you're, you can, when, but it's so not recommended. The, the way that DistroBox works is DistroBox is just a front end for Docker and Podman, which you can run graphical applications through. Yeah. But my my question you is, you can you can run I, for I, example. I, I'm sorry, I I phrased that completely wrong. Uh, have either of you used graphical environments or GUI applications inside yes. of DistroBox? GUI application, yeah. yes. Caden Life. Uh, does it life. like? Does the window just like? like it so... spawns as a regular window. In fact, uh, if you're using it, it from if you're using it from a graphical user user interface user, DistroBox will actually make a desktop file entry and everything for you, and you, and it works just like any other application. Uh, and and in fact, the, the... Uh, D DistroBox. Is built off of the same technology that Flatpak is using because DistroBox is using Podman. Both both Podman and Flatpak both use OS tree. So what you're basically just launching is an OS tree container. So could you run okay. a uh, like a window manager or something like that out of it? Uh, theoretically, you should be able to run a Wayland compositor, not an X, not an X11 session. It has to be Wayland. That actually okay. does make sense. I do understand that. So wait, okay. Have either of you tried running an actual like DE, like a Wayland compositor or anything in it? Do you know no. if? Okay. Not because that, that's uh, the me, only I, thing that I would be interested in trying. I sent a challenge. <laughs> for me, for me, I uh, I tried Caden Live, and Caden Live worked just fine. And gonna you're so, gonna laugh at me when I tell you how I discovered that it a GPU uh, is actually the GPU support is actually working the window and I made sure that the wobbly windows effect works just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the way that the, the way that it works is and this is a, this is primarily the reason why you have to use a Wayland compositor uh, through through a container is that uh, 
is that there's extra flags that you would have to set up, but uh, in order for you to actually have like a full graphical session uh, running via Podman, uh, you're you basically have to pass through like the display outputs into the container itself. Uh, so, Tyler, if you've ever installed or looked at Fedora Silverblue, right mm-hmm. there, right there is the answer to your question. Because when you're booting into Sil- Silverblue, guess what you're booting into? Container. A Podman container. container. Yeah, container. The in- your oh. entire distribution is a Podman container. Yeah, makes sense. So what you're saying is I broke it when I installed BSPWM. Because <laughs> I did do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and, and it, survived, it, sur- it survived an update, so it worked fine. Yeah, well, uh, 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 DistroBox is pretty neat, especially when you want to... Uh, that said, that said if, we're going to turn, if we're going to turn that into a challenge, I already won. Just go to github.com slash 10 slash htpc. That is, that is a Fedora Silverblue image designed to... Ro- to load Cody in a cage session. Cody. <laughs> Cody. 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 To be worse could be Wait, XBMC Steve, if it's still uh, around. But before Josh cut you off, you were saying something. What, what uh, were you saying? I was saying uh, the distro box is uh, is pretty neat. It's, uh, I was just testing it because I read this in the article. Uh, but uh, it's pretty neat because I was able to uh, do Fedora packages on Arch. And it was it felt it fi- it felt kind of weird to be installing RPMs. Although on- the first time you <laughs> the first time you try it, it feels like magic. Also feels really wrong. Um, yeah. Uh, especially if you're no on Arch, like using like- apt. Like what is what's going on? It's, all right, so, all right. We have to finish up, guys. Unfortunately, we do not have time for thingies of the week this week, so we're gonna have to push those off till next week. Um, we probably would have had time if we hadn't had to deal with all the technological bullshit that went on in this in the in this uh podcast if you if you made it all the way to the end watching live i i mean god bless your little soul um you're awesome <laughs> uh, so just Stop belittling the people uh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't even no, mockering that, that, that was literal yes. literally true appreciation and astonishment steve <laughs> like why is anybody still it watching this? like if, if we look at the thing like, like there's still there's 73 people at one point watching this live which is absolutely also uh, Nate. I saw your your super chat. I don't know what it said. I apologize for that. Things are just going Apparently completely he's wrong. To do something. I don't think I. I think I. I don't think I did. And then he put a JK at the end of it. Oh okay. Um. I, also, I'm pretty sure, guys, that the reason why Discord keeps crashing is because someone in my server keeps fucking pinging me. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> like you know some it's some you know it's someone who's watching the podcast right now is doing it just to troll me um and if it's J- that's it, what it is that's why i used to ping you <laughs> i know you did um apparently i think that's the way to get on the on the podcast that's not that, that only that only worked once okay um anyways that is it for this episode we we record this live every they fucking did it again who did th- was that you steve <laughs> whoever did that i'm firing you're you're fired um anyways that's it for this episode uh we we went on for entirely too long we went to uh, an hour and 30 minutes which actually is not a record for us but it feels like one uh it feels like this podcast went on forever thanks to everybody who does support me on patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast you guys are all absolutely amazing without you the channels would not be anywhere near where it is right now so thank you so very very much for your support what hold on Hold on. What? Before we end the stream, you must you, you must see someone just said they'll they'll send you ten bucks in a super chat uh, if we do the thingies of the week. You want to make an extra ten bucks? 
Fine. Thingies of the week. We'll do them. <laughs> I, I, expect, I, them. I expect Rumi, Rumi, also, or, or, or however you say your username, uh, we better be seeing that $10 hey, chat. Man, uh, right? some, you better put me up the cash. So, uh, Josh, your thingy of the week. Uh, my thingy of the week is uh, this wonderful device right here. And yes, it is running GNOME. Uh, this is the Pine Phone. It's the KDE edition, so that's why it's got the KDE logo on the back. This is kind of travesty. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know, but uh, you know, it's running Fosh, which it, this is GNOME. I can uh, I can pull up uh, like the settings dialog, which takes like half a minute to load on because you know it's a Pine Phone. What? It's it's the first generation one. In fact, right there's the settings that they just pulled up. That that is the GNOME setting menu. That looks very very much a lot like it, right? Because <laughs> it, it actually is the GNOME settings panel. It's just responsive. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There uh, it is. Right here, it's running <laughs> Debian too. <laughs> you guys in your super chats are all gonna pay for Josh helping with Gen two. <laughs> uh, we're up to twenty dollars so far. That that buys you four hours of of support. Uh, okay. That involves compiling too. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I've been running it on uh, Mobian right now. Uh, I'm still working on like trying to figure out how to get the MMS working. Uh, supposedly, I it's because you know my carrier's not on a predefined list, so I kind of have to have to reverse engineer it a little bit. So I'm I'm working my way through it. But uh, I've gotten texting working. I've even gotten GPS navigation working. The and only issue is that it. yeah, the only issue is that the only issue with GPS is that it's not turn by turn directions, but it will give you directions on how to get where you're going. But it's not active turn by turn, and even then, you can't just pull up like your maps application, type in like McDonald's, and find all the McDonald's in your area. Uh, unfortunately, uh, OpenStreetMaps is pretty detailed, but it's not that detailed yet. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, yeah, uh, I did. I did try installing Gen two on this, by the way. Um, of I, course, I, I did not. Try. Not surprising. I could, <laughs> I, I could get the display working, but I could not get networking working. Day. Uh, thank you, Grammy, for the super chat. Also, thank you, Nate, for the other super chat. I appreciate that. Uh, Steve, your thingy of the week. My thingy of the week is called uh, Amar Amarok. Amarok? Amarok? I don't know how you pronounce it. A Amarok? Amarok. Anyway, Amarok. Uh, well, uh, it's, uh, it's an audio player made by the KDE people uh, for KDE. Uh, I was sort of astonished at what it can do. Uh, when you click a song on a song, it brings up all sorts of information. And that's not from the ID3 tag, because the ID3 tag can only hold so much. Uh, it connects to the internet, and it pulls all the details. It's kind of like Flex for your music library. Yeah, pulls down uh, all the uh, metadata. That's pretty awesome. All, all the meta metadata, and it's uh, it uses... I'm using Kevantum. It uses the system theme because it's KDE. <laughs> it's made by can, KDE. Can you people. save the metadata locally so that if you were to use like a different music player some other time, it would see well, it? Well, I didn't I try believe that. it I, does cache it. I don't know if cache it's like it, an but it doesn't save yeah. it. I, I didn't see a save option. Oh, that's that's a, that's right. a shame because that'd be awesome way to like fix your music library. Like if you have like crappy, somewhat illegally downloaded music to save well, the me, tags for, for, for me the only type of music i have are uh, tv uh, sound uh, tv show movies movie soundtracks mm. and game soundtracks that's all i have i don't <laughs> have regular music i have ennio morricone nino rotta john williams those kind of things uh, 
so very niche kind of music, not your average. I have, uh, things, I have all those things too, so I can't all judge. The metadata and I do have Metallica. This is an exception. Metallica, because I've been following them since the 80s. Um, I'm old. Metallica's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. So it, it pulls all the metadata and, and, and part of the metadata, what surprised me was it tells, it tells you if that was recorded a concert or was it live or was it the studio recorded or everything, all the details. That's cool. It doesn't awesome. spare anything. And the UI is not bad. And if you want to rip your own library to, to save it locally to your a hard drive, the, 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 the process is so seamless and it pulls the metadata while it's ripping. Oh, it's, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing tool. Yeah. And uh, uh, the audio on it is supports FLAC, it supports APE. It, APE is the, the, the deprecated version of FLAC, I guess. Uh, but it still supports it. MP3s, everything, anything, everything. Oh, recommended, highly recommended, especially if you're using KDE. Perfect. Blur, transparency, and when I saw to, uh, uh, Nicolo's video today, he was talking about it, how he liked everything transparent and blurred. I was like, hey, I'm part of the same That's club. That's another KDE yeah. app that doesn't start with K. It has yeah. a K in it, though. Right, it's, also not, it's also developed by an independent team from KDE. Mm. All right, thank so, you, thank you, Devin, for the super chat. I'm glad you still like the show despite all the horrendous um, things that went on during it. Uh, uh, Tyler, your thingy of the week. Uh, my thingy of the week is Rofi Dash Wayland because um, I switched over to my desktop to show off. I am also using transparent stuff, but also at the same time um, show off my Rofi launcher. I know in the stream and stuff, it's going to be really small and probably people can't really see all that much. But um, I was using Wofi on uh, Wayland, which is a Rofi fork just like Rofi-Wayland. Um, but Rofi-Wayland is most... The reason I, I'm using it right now is most likely it's going to be the one that gets pulled um, upstream. So like when actual just default Rofi gets proper Wayland support... I have a feeling they're just going to merge it, merge from this project in there, and then, um, then I'll just start running. Are you sure? Wolfie, are, you but... are you sure? Wofi is not the uwu version of Rofi, the uwu fied version of Rofi. Mm -hmm. uh, no. It is not. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's there, there's one honest, actually like, called. When it comes to moving, there's to... one called Wofi. They're not the same, Steve. The one when Tyler's talking about is actually Rofi Wayland Rofi with an R. There is one called Wolfie with with a, with a W. They're different. Yeah, um, for Wayland, like yep. the amount of Rofi ports or like forks that like their only purpose is adding Way like proper Wayland support. There is so many Rofi Dash Wayland, Tofi Wofi, and more. There's a lot more. Yep. Um, it's well, wild. One of the it was one of the first. I th it feels like that's one of the first application alternatives that was developed for a lot of things. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Galaxy something or the other. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Glad you like the show. Um, all right. So my thing of the week. I'm gonna go really quick. Uh, is Lemmy? It's a Reddit alternative. It's uh, federated, just like you know Mastodon or some of the others. Um, and it is not as well baked or as Mastodon was when the Twitter nonsense went 
off, but if you've been following the Reddit nonsense, um, a lot of people have been going over to Lemmy, a lot of them been going to Kbin. I haven't tried Kbin yet, so there are alternatives to Reddit if you don't want to use Reddit anymore, if you're one of those people who just really don't like what they've been doing lately. Um, and I'm one of those. I, li I like my third th third party apps, guys. I really, really do, and they're taking that away. So, um, oh, or charging absorbent, like $20 million for API access, which is just, that's bonkers. Uh, anyways, um, now, <laughs> uh, there's your thing of the week. You, you guys asked and you have to receive. You'd have to pay for it, but <laughs> we did, we, we, we did it. Uh, we're just, um, anyways, that is it for us this, this episode. I really do need to go. Anyways, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, you guys really, really needed to know that. I'm sorry for that. Uh, anyways, um, I will talk to you later. We'll all see you next week. Adios. Bye. Bye. Bye.